0: Good, good day, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of The Perfect Play, the podcast that teaches you how to make your next move your best move. I am Seawheel Will, the coach, and I'm your host for the day, and I'm accompanied by none other than my co-host, Tim Spicer, and my great marketing rep, and today we have a few guests joining us, coaches appear here for, and special guests of our workshop leadership team. But co-host, marketing rep, coaches, y'all say what's up to the people.
1: What's going on? It's Spice checking in for the perfect play. Third time's the charm, so we handed it to Cornelius to lead this episode. What's up?
2: Hey, everyone. This is Victoria, the marketing rep. This is my first time on the podcast, so I'm very excited to be here with you all.
1: What's up, V? Welcome! I've been
3: Hey, it's your girl AJ. You know, I'm filling in as a coach today, so I'm stepping up and I'm stepping in. What's good?
4: What's going on, family? It's your
0: good brother, Mike, here once again, uh, here to join you and rock out. All right, cool. Thank you for checking in, everybody. So we love to check in. and uh, Just like every training camp, every huddle, every meeting, every time we see each other, we have to check in. And so it's only right that we check in for every episode. So listeners, today, the check-in is up close and person now. All right, so we're all up in your quarantine space with this one. And so today our check-in is called, If I Had to Choose. So many of us are confined to our homes during this pandemic. Fortunately or unfortunately, uh, we did not get to choose who we should or who we wanted to quarantine with. So our check-in for today is if you had to choose just one famous person, just one, to quarantine with, who would that person be and why? Ooh. This is real personal. I could go first.
1: You mind if I go first? Hey, talk to him, Tim. Come on, Spice. I'd have to quarantine with the late great Ermius, also known as Nipsey Hustle, because one, he was one of our you know heroes that were taken too soon. But I think in a time like this, he could really show me how to move how to maximize the time, how to make a right business plan, business approach, how to alter my perspective. But just an inspirational uh, human being that I could probably gain a lot from, just from sitting at home and being able to take advantage of that conversation. So Nipsey Hustle would have to be my go-to.
0: Check, all right, check you out, Nipsey West Coast. Who else want to check in?
2: All right, I can go. All right, this is a hard question just because I feel like sometimes with famous people, you don't really know them like that. You don't know like what their personality like is behind that veil. So so I think I'm going to go with somebody, like a famous chef, because I feel like mm. I really like to cook. I feel like they could step up my cooking game. And it also means I'd get to eat great food the whole time. So I don't All know right. if you guys have seen that show on Netflix called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Um, but her name is oh, Samin Nosrat. Really? She's an amazing chef, but she, she cooks really good food. And I just think that that would make my quarantine... Way better.
0: All right, check. Victoria, you're a good cook too, though. I saw your Instagram.
2: I know, I know, but I could, I could be better. Yeah. I could learn some things. I could, I could
3: step it up. All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> so Victoria, I had the exact same idea, but she <laughs> had a, little, a little something extra on it. So you know, Patty LaBelle love to cook, but also you know, I would love to hear you know some of my favorite songs and have my house sound like Sunday morning. So I'm choosing Patty LaBelle. Ooh. I like that.
0: We got some cooks. We got some singers. Anybody else want to check in at the table? I
4: would definitely actually go with, uh, you know, Mrs. Michelle Obama. I feel like I would love to sit down and just pick her brain during this quarantine time. Um, I think she has a lot of insights
0: that often go overlooked, so it would be a great time. That's real. The whole Obama's, if I could pick the whole family, the whole Obama's coming over for dinner. This is what day 21?
5: <laughs> so, right, Mike,
0: Mike, you got you to gotta clear that with Barry first. Just trying to invite somebody's wife
1: over for quarantine, bro.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So I actually was thinking about this question um, this whole week and had to be strategic about the person that I quarantined with. Um, and it would have to be Jay Z. Um, right now, I'm in a space of uh, investing. Bro. Yeah, The Rock, fo, fo, fo. So I'm in a space of investing, man, and making the best. Uh, moves right now doing this stock market, uh, not crisis, but pandemic. And so, really would want to pick his brain about, you know, his investments and how did he make it to be a billionaire? Even though I can read about it, I think it's a lot better when you connect like you had said, Mike, Mike, with Michelle, man, just having that conversation over time. It's a lot of things that I know I can learn and set myself up. So, yeah, man, that's who I would quarantine with. But I'm good right now. I love my family, so we <laughs> So hopefully all of that, man. But, that's our check-in for today. I'm actually asked, you know, one of our experts who we have with us on the phone today. Y'all want to real quick, but uh, who would be one person,
5: one famous person that you would quarantine with and why? Bill? So I would quarantine with Karen Hunter, who is uh, my favorite radio talk show host, because one, she's really smart, and two, she is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would like to spend
6: some time with her.
1: All right,
6: All right, Karen. <laughs> Karen Mr. Kevin. I would want to quarantine with um, it's not surprising you know but Tupac Ooh. and and the reason being is that he's talking a lot about political issues just prior to his death and I want to know back now how do what do you think about what's going on in our political environment now? What's your thoughts? And I would like to pick his brain on that.
0: All right, that's real. Thank you. Great Tupac, the great poet, man. Tupac, that's a real one. Thank you for checking in with us. So uh, in the comments below, man, ladies and gentlemen, listeners all out there across the world, let us know who would you quarantine with. If you could choose one person, uh, one famous person, why? And uh, we'll check in next week to see what some interesting things we got. So thank you all for checking in with us. Remember to check yeah. the family, check in with your friends during this quarantine. Um, but always check in with yourself to make sure that you're doing well and your personal fitness and health is key. Check. 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 All right, cool. So on today's episode, we're going to hop right into it, man. We got some good stuff coming into you, coming to you, compiling your college list. So we got two very credible experts in the field uh, who will help us and kind of help you understand how to draft and pursue your college list. Now, our special guests, they have a niche for leading, training and coaching staff um on the nuts and bolts of compiling your college list your dream list Um, they've done it for many years in our college access space at our training camps and workshops but really the question is how do we turn our dreams into reality and so many of us are waiting uh acceptances and different uh college choices uh that are coming in and scholarships and things like that right now and for my college grads you might even be looking into your graduate degree programs right and so we're all for that next step and so but it's really time for us right now to narrow down what is it that we need to do to create our post-secondary plans especially for our juniors our high school sophomores and freshmen out there this is the time now don't wait until your senior year to start creating your college list and so i'm gonna actually pitch to my man tim spice my co-host on the day to tell the listeners man what can we expect from this episode or this conversation today
1: Oh, most definitely, man. I mean, they're in for a treat because once again, this is our first time where we've even included live guests on the conversation. So we're happy to have our experts. But first, we get to hear from our coach or two about how they selected their institution, learning about their thought process as to why or what drove their decision to the institution. We then take it to the experts and hear some of their experience and their perspective about. What are they telling students in the field about applying to college? What should they be looking for when they're trying to make that decision? Our hope is that they can open our eyes to more perspectives, opportunities, and experiences. So you're in for a treat on episode
0: three of The Perfect Play. Check. Thanks for that, Tim, man. So there's a lot of things that we're going to learn today. Um, but most importantly, I think it's time for our coaches to check in. And so we have a few coaches, man. Coaches. Uh, please go ahead and introduce yourselves uh, and what college that you went to and just give us one piece of advice right now on uh, what point did you know that you wanted to actually go to college so what point in your life did it kind of click for you
3: hey so I'll start it's AJ so I went to Georgetown. I graduated in 2016, stayed here in Washington, D.C. and love it every day, so glad I went. But I actually found out that I wanted to go to college back when I was up in Atlanta. My older sister was a part of Upward Bound and so as a part of that program she was sent on college tours and it just so happened that one of our spring breaks overlapped and they allowed me to go too and so I was there on a college tour just 13 years old with a whole bunch of 16 and 17 year olds who were super excited about starting their lives and they talked about all the things that they wanted and it was just I thought they were so cool and so for me being around my sister and her peers who thought college was cool, I just grew up from the age of 13, like, thinking this is what I want to do because those people are excited about it. This is so cool. I do the exact same thing.
0: Check. Thanks, AJ. That's real, man. Uh, Upper Bound is a huge program. And uh, seeing them actually take you on the college campuses, I think it does change a lot of things in your mindset. It's kind of the same thing we do at Pier 4 when we take our seniors and our uh, juniors to college campuses and training camps and workshops and stuff.
4: So this is Mike family. Um For myself, I would say uh, I really didn't look at college as a viable option or a reality for myself until about the age of 17, actually, my junior going into senior year. Um... I ended up going to my then peer forward workshop at Yale University. Uh and it was it was pretty life changing. Um prior to that, my goal was just to graduate high school and get a government job because that was the highest thing my family attained. So through all of that, I ended up actually attending Demon College. And I'll share more about that later.
1: Nice Mike. Nice Mike. Thanks for sharing. I mean, uh let's take let's take it a bit even further. I mean, you knew that you wanted to go to college, even for me. My dad went to North Carolina A&T and my mom went to Bennett. And so the family had always had this expectation that I was going to college. But when I was thinking about what institution I wanted to go to, I knew I had to be in Atlanta. So my question for the coaches, uh, what were some of the main characteristics you saw when you were selecting that institution? Like what was the biggest thing? or the most important piece that your college had to have when you were trying to figure out where you'd be for the next four
4: years? Mike? Yeah, for me, um, honestly, I I intended to go to HBCU, um, and I ended up at a PWI, but what I realized, what I was looking for was community, Um, and I wanted to initially get that community feel from the HBCU experience. It was something I I, kind of Glorified initially, and I think Hsu definitely provided that. But what my school provided was a more intimate community, um, where what I didn't know I needed at the time was that individualized attention. Um, and I know many schools offer that, but I think my school uh, made it clear that if I attended, um, that was the experience I, I was definitely going to find. So without a shadow of doubt, it was, it was the idea of community and not recognizing that I needed that individualized intention in small classroom size.
1: All right, so you was looking at the community feel, that small feel, more intimate at a university when you were trying to pick that college. Thanks for sharing. What
3: about you, AJ? Um, For me, I just wanted it to be in a city I could see myself in. So I did a lot of moving around it as a kid. And so I knew that location is super, super important to me. I grew up in cities, so I wanted to stay in a city. But I didn't necessarily want to stay where I was currently in my hometown in Pavin. I definitely want to explore something new. And so being able to look outside of just Connecticut and looking at different cities that I could see myself in was just super important to me. And that really, really made a difference um, when it came to Georgetown, because I could be somewhere new, but I could still hop on the train and be home in four hours.
0: Right. Ditto, same for me, AJ. Four hours was the max. (laughs) Four hours. I had to be able to drive there, man, to get back in one day. What?
1: You know, I was nine hours from home, and I, I didn't come home till, what, that, maybe that first Christmas, so, Anybody out there that wants to go far, get a- away as much as you can afford it. Yeah, This is your shot. This is your shot to do it. <laughs> you
3: know, you're right. You're right.
0: <laughs> so, uh, coaches, man, uh, so, like, I know y'all thought about the colleges and some characteristics that you have from every institution, but, like, just thinking about those, your fit, like, did y'all have a college list? And, like, if you did, uh, how many schools were on your list? And I'm, I'm interested to hear. Victoria, we can hear from you, too uh
1: absolutely not i did not have a list um i already knew i knew i wanted to go to morehouse you know and nobody could tell me otherwise so when they at when we made we made a list at the workshop that i went to but morehouse was at the top of the list and that was my focus i mean i sent my application out to say hampton because they were a virginia school um but other than that I had I had my eggs in one basket not the smartest decision but I knew where I wanted to go and and what I wanted to make happen for self. But that's just me. All right, Tim.
0: All right, Victoria, what was your uh, thought process?
2: All right, so when I was first thinking about it, I'd say my list was very small and very limited to Texas schools, right? Because I grew up in Texas. Um, But I was very open-minded with my list. So I didn't want to be really rigid. So if I talked to somebody at a college fair or something, talked to an alumni and learned about a different college, um, I was still trying to be open-minded and keep my list open for things that interested me that maybe weren't in my initial um, criteria. And that's kind of how I finally ended up looking at the college that I did because, you know, nobody in my family had Really been to that college, heard of that college, so it was um, through just like informational interviews, talking to college reps, talking to alumni that I was able to to expand my list beyond what I imagined that it would be at the beginning.
0: Right, so using your resources is key to like figuring out um, what's the best fit for you. There's a lot of colleges, over four thousand in the United States, and to think about just the ones in your state that's the right fit for. you, you guys got to explore and be open to change. and so just like Tim said, being able to move far away from home, um, sometimes you got to give up some things in order to gain something. So keep that in mind when you guys are figuring out what colleges is best fit for you. Mike, what's up?
4: Yeah, so for me, I was a little hard-headed. Um, initially, my, my list was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, HBCU heavy, um, and coupled in with a few schools from the New York City area, mainly CUNY schools. Um, but as I spoke to some more folks, uh, kind of broadened my horizons. Um, the school I actually ended up attending uh, kind of found me, um, and they reached out to me, um, and the more I, I spoke with the admissions rep, the more I spoke with the team and other students that attended this, the college, I realized that uh, I, I had to broaden my, my way of thinking what I wanted, how I wanted it to look. Um, I think that was the, the big process for me was expanding how my college experience
0: would look versus where I wanted it to actually take place. That's real, man. That's real. Thank you for sharing that, Mike. That's real. Just thinking about colleges sometimes find you. I received mail in the in, uh, in the mail from colleges recruiting me, and I thought I was that man. You know, colleges yeah. local town was like, "Hey, we want you to come to our school." And that's actually how I found out about a lot of. A college, University of South Florida, never heard about it Um, It's not in Miami It's not in South Florida, it's in Tampa Uh, And so to actually think about the name And where the school is located, put them on my Radar, and that was actually the school That I chose, and so I actually chose to go to that school as my final decision Simply because they were the most diverse School in Florida, and that's what they Promoted, and so, gonna ask my coaches Man, how did y'all make y'all final decision And did you have any regrets Or reservations when you made that decision AJ, what's up?
3: So I made my final decision um, off of my list because on my college list, I actually had Georgetown on my list from College Summit, um, you know, old school peer forward. And it was so amazing. I I like went back to my list and I found it and I couldn't believe it. But ultimately I ended up going to Georgetown because a teacher was like, it would be kind of dumb not to like. And it was somebody I really respected. So to have him be like, you know, I think you should really think hard about this. Like, you know, this this is a perfect fit for you. I know you can do so much here. Like, it was really, really encouraging. And so I had somebody um, with me that really pushed me to go a little bit further. So that was awesome.
0: Hey, check. Thank you, AJ. It's always good to have somebody in your corner who's pushing you to get to that next level because what you think you can do, um, they think you can do better. And so having somebody who can see that in you, and that's actually what we're going to be talking about today, thinking about your college list. Don't say don't do that job for them, ladies and gentlemen, listening out there. Apply, apply, apply and don't think that you aren't the one for that school.
1: Facts. I mean, that that final decision is hard. You got to think about where you want to spend the rest of your 4 years. And during my matriculation at Morehouse College, there were a lot of things that I learned and grew to appreciate. So whether you were at your dream college or that institution, you know, for the four years. What's one thing you learned to appreciate about your college? Victoria, I'd be interested in learning what you appreciated up at the prestigious Princeton. You mind sharing with the listeners?
2: All right. Sure. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. All right. So at Princeton, what I really appreciated. um, So it was very like far away from city life. Um, So if that's something you're looking for it was a really great place but it was very a calming area like there was a lot of like trails and nature around the campus so it just felt like to me a very calm place where I could go through the really stressful experience of college um, in those four years and it was also something I appreciated from it was the focus on independent work so um, if you had a project or research interest that you just like really felt passionate about uh, there were a lot of resources to take that and you got to write a senior thesis on that or do a lot of independent projects, travel abroad. So um, just I felt like there, there was a real big value on um, you pursuing your academic interests.
1: Oh, yeah, I like that. You got to see your school is you're telling me I could create my own major or
2: you, you could create your own major. You could write a whole book, a senior thesis on a topic that you liked. Do all of that.
1: Nice, yeah, yeah, y'all need to look at colleges like that. That's allowing you to really explore your academic interests. Thanks for sharing. Uh, what about you, Mike? How to what's one thing you you learn to appreciate? Now, we were able to come up to Damon uh, for a workshop and really get to be in your world for a minute. I, there were some things I appreciated, but what about you?
4: Yeah, I would, you know, admittedly, I would. Say for me, it would be the staff, right? Um, particularly the black and brown staff from our, our faculty to the advisors. I would I would say I wouldn't have graduated without them, right? Um, I think when you come from particular neighborhoods, environments, and backgrounds, you need people to relate to, um, and you need people that have gone before you that can connect to your story and understand how you operate without ever having to go through the intimate details. Um, And I think for all things that Damon offered, I think the staff that kept their eyes, hearts open to students like myself was a game changer. So I I am an educator now because of them. Um, So shout out to to them in particular. And I think they are the motivating force for a lot of reasons why students actually survive and pass on at PWIs.
1: No, nah, good point, Mike. And, and, and I mean, I just want to take people back to what you first said. You know, one, it was that you wanted to go to an HBCU, but you grew to appreciate those, those African American supports on campus. And, and so, whether or not you go to an HBCU, there's different types of people, whether they be in your race or outside of your race, that have an influence on your decisions in college and how you really shape the individual you want to be as you prepare to be a graduate of that institution. So ladies and gentlemen, don't, you don't have to go to a HBCU to be supported by people that look like you. So keep that in mind and think about what Mike said and just how to be able to take advantage of those resources. So we're at the end of our discussion, but I have one more question for the coaches that selected the college. Now I'll answer first, but would you recommend your school of choice to any rising seniors? Um, Honestly, I recommend what you can afford. Morehouse College is was expensive. You know, I was grateful enough to have those type of uh, resources in place, and and it was a great time. I I studied abroad. I pledged the greatest noble frat in the entire universe, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. I graduated in time. So it was, it was a blast. I met the love of my life there. But you also want to just think about, uh, I just try to be real with people. Like if you if college is going to break you financially, it's supposed to project you somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? But if you can afford it, you should pursue it. And if you can't afford it, you figure out how to afford it. But I I recommend it without a doubt. But I'd also make a smart recommendation when applying to Morehouse College. But Mike, AJ, Victoria, would you recommend your school of choice to any rising seniors? Looking at the live audience, they say, Mike's saying no.
3: (laughs) Mike's saying no. Um, For me, you know what? I'm not going to say no. I'm going to just say proceed with caution because here's the thing, Tim, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. Go where you can afford. And the thing that I liked about my school was that because I couldn't afford it, they met my need 100%. And because of that, like I'm in a better position now and I'm super, super grateful for that. But at the same time, you know, that school, Georgetown is is academically very challenging and it's very competitive. And so, you know, I came in, you know, just trying to enjoy myself and it felt like, you know, at the same time of enjoying yourself, you are also competing. And so that's something I had to adjust to learn how I was gonna live you know, around that expectation. And I think that, you know, if if you feel like that's something you can do, you can make the experience about you, then go ahead because like I said, I'm in a better position because of it.
1: Thanks for sharing, AJ, we hear that.
2: I'll just echo what AJ said. I have a very similar sentiment about rec- about my own college too and recommending it. Um, great place for you to pursue your academic interests, also meets 100% of your financial needs. So those two things alone are, very convincing things I would say just my caution is when I went in I think there was a lot I didn't know about kind of the culture of the school Um, I felt very out of place there I I had to like really build up that confidence to say like I earned my spot here so um, just going with going into it knowing that um, if you're going there your spot is yours and you belong there too.
1: If you're going there then the spot is yours too I like that Victoria.
0: Yeah, we're going to wrap it up, man. We got this time for our special guest. Uh, but before we get there, we got our marketing piece who's going to share some tips and tricks um, on marketing and also what you can do right now as you are home in this pandemic and what you can stay saying. Victoria, talk to us.
2: All right. Thanks, Cornelia. So I'll just start by shouting out our coaches once again. And if you know our coaches, you know that they have a wealth of knowledge about the college admissions process, but also... Just encouraging you to, to accomplish your future goals, whatever those may be. Um, so, now that a lot of our world and schooling has gone virtual, our coaches are offering virtual office hours for you so that you can still tap into them as a resource and they can be there to help you through those stressful and complicated processes that you're going through right now. So um, if you're looking for that extra guidance from our amazing coaches, you can get in touch with your peer forward coach directly and set up a time for office hours virtually. Um, But the next thing that I really wanted to talk about was just bringing awareness to uh, April, which is actually National Stress Awareness Month. Uh, We should care very much about like how to reduce stress because studies have shown that a lot of stress can actually reduce your immune response and weaken your immune system, which is like the total opposite of what we want right now. So I was just trying to think of some ways that I used in high school or through college to reduce my stress and stay calm inside internally to keep myself at my best. Um, So the two things that I'm going to suggest to everyone is mindfulness and movement. Um, So the first one, mindfulness, is really just about bringing your awareness back to the present moment. So when you're in a stressful situation, your heart starts beating really fast and your mind feels like it's racing. So one way to bring yourself back to a calm state is to just take account of what's around you, bring in all the senses, see what's around you visually, the kinds of smells, the kinds of sounds that you're hearing, and just sort of ground yourself in the present moment. Um, One of my favorite ways to do this is actually if you just like start rubbing your hands together, Um, like if you were outside and it was cold and you're trying to warm yourself up, um, and that kind of brings some warmth back to your hands and it helps you to Feel like you're in control of your body's response. So whenever you're in stress, whenever you're in doubt, just rub your hands together.
1: Rub your hands like Birdman? like. Rub, rub your hands them. like your
2: palms.
1: Oh, your palms, not like Birdman.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's, that's Not at all. Like if you're outside on a cold day or you're like by a fire, you know, you want your hands to be toasty. All right. Um, and the second movement, we all know movement, right? Get outside, take a walk get in some fresh air. But uh, when you're stressed, you have that like fight or flight energy in your body, right? So you're really tense and you have a lot of energy building up. And so it's good to just kind of get that energy out by stretching, um, finding a yoga video online or some kind of at home workout, but just channeling that energy, that physical energy that you have built up, channeling it into some kind of relaxing movement that's going to help you like coast through that very stressful moment Um, so those are my two tips lastly i'll just close really quick by saying if you're looking for ways to get involved to help students like we said through this very stressful process um, one of the great ways is to volunteer at our summer workshops so um, we have positions open for college coaching and writing coaching so whatever you feel like is your strongest suit you can find the applications to volunteer at summer workshops um, online on our website, if you click on volunteer, you'll be able to find the portal where you'll find our summer workshop application. All right, hey, So for me. I'll turn it back to you, Cornelius.
0: Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> dropping bombs, the double limbs, man, <laughs> and workshops, baby. MMW, let's do it. And so talking about workshops, we have our two expert guests today, who I am proud to introduce to you all. You heard Bill last week dropping the five things to know about your uh, financial aid award letter. He brought his friend today. Mr. Kevin Niker and Bill Craig, they've been with us for years. I've known them for five years now. and just want them to come on and y'all give them a round of applause. <laughs> yeah! Ebony, <Hey,
1: buddy. laughs> Ivory. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Welcome. Welcome to the show, Thank buddy. You. Thank hey, you so Thank much. So, Bill and Craig, just give us a little uh, background information about you and your role at Pier 4. We can start with
5: Bill. Okay, well, I have been in uh, K twelve education for for over forty years. I was a um, I was a teacher and a principal, and I was an assistant superintendent of a school district right outside Richmond, Virginia, and uh, have sort of converted to part time work now. So I do some consulting with school districts in the in the United States as well as I do some work with schools in the Middle East. I have volunteered with Pierre Forward and College Summit since 2010, and I've served as a uh, college coach, a writing coach, writing coach coordinator, and uh, director of college coaching, and my very first workshop was under the direction of my now very good friend, Dr. Kevin Niker.
1: Dr. Thanks for sharing, Bill. Welcome.
6: Thank you, Bill. Um, let me. My experience is 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 kind of um, unique. Um, I was born in in Cape Town, South Africa. Came here more than thirty years ago. Um, so my role, um, my background is in counseling psychology. Um, I spent over twenty five years in college access. Um, Aj was talking about field trips. I was with upward bound in talent hurt Spent about. Um, 20 years there. Then I went, i was trained as a psychologist, a counseling psychologist, went into um, teaching. Um, right now, um, I'm teaching um, counseling uh, psychology, essentially, at a local community college um, here. Um, so that's um, just, in a nutshell, my background. And I've been with College Summit Peer Forward since
5: 2003.
1: Ooh, well, these these two gentlemen have a wealth of, of expertise to drop on us today. So we'll jump right into our first question. But once again, thanks, Dr. Niker, and thanks, Bill Craig, for joining us. So without further ado, could you tell us a bit about why is it important that students create a college list? And what are some of the benefits associated with having options when you apply?
5: Well, I'll will start, and I think the most important reason to have a list is is and to have options is because your proof, one is your preferences might change, and what you think is important at the beginning of your senior year may may change over the course of the year. The other part is financial, and I think college and a college education is one of those unusual things where you really don't know what it's gonna cost to the very end of the process when you get your uh, financial aid award letter. And so having some options, um, (coughs) having some financial options Mm -hmm. gives you a chance to, is really important, I think, in making sure that you have an option that's affordable to you. Nice, thank you.
6: So I wanna agree with Bill. I also wanna add, you know, just some things. One of the things that I consider really, Good to have a list is what I call the three goods. The first one, it it has to be a good fit for you, that list. What what do I mean by good fit? It it basically means culturally that you have to be able to fit in there socially, that it have the um, resources that you need socially to be successful at that institution. And then also financially, can you afford it? Will they provide 100% of your financial need? The... The, the fourth thing is distancing, and and, and uh, Tim um, dropped an important thing there. He says, go away as far as you can afford, and that is critical because I if you want to come home, how often do you want to come home? That costs money. The second thing is, and, and Bill talked about this, is the blend. Um, we used to talk about um Um, reaches and and safeties. But what I want to talk about is basically making sure that it provides the necessary, the selective colleges that you have, very competitive Mm. ones. But then you also have ones that you know, both based on your GPA and and test scores that you can get in now. And then I think the last thing is is number. And and we can talk more about that. But it's good to have what I believe is at least between three and ten. And if you have that good number between three and 10, research basically shows that the more um, colleges you have on your list, the better your chances of getting in to the schools.
1: Nice. Thanks. Thank you. Both both well-rounded answers. And I think you even answered the next question. Because as you know, at Peer Forward, we charge our peer leaders with applying to three or more colleges. And... I mean, why should they apply to three or more? You said it perfectly, you have a better chance of actually getting into the
5: college. Is that is that always true? So for me, Tim, the advantage, or almost the requirement for three or more colleges is exactly as Kevin described. We wanna make sure you have at least a couple choices where you're confident that you're gonna be admitted, you're confident it's a place that you're going to really be happy with for four years, and you're confident that it's affordable for you and your family. So Mm -hmm. we want to identify at at least a couple of those. But you know, one of our really critical goals in college coaching is to expand options. So we want peer leaders to think about schools that they may not have considered, whether, you know, if they're looking at large universities, let's let's add a small liberal arts college. Let's add maybe a single gender college or even a college that maybe the average SAT scores are a little bit higher than than what their current ones are. So we want to stretch them a little bit. So in order to do that, you really need to have a college list with, with a number of entries on it.
1: Uh, what I what I like about what you said, Bill, is that can your you know can your family afford it? A lot of the times colleges get into this thing where they're pitching college to the student. And you gotta pitch it to the entire generation. So we appreciate that caveat. Dr. Niker, anything
6: else you'd like to add? I want to agree with Bill. And one of the things that we said, you know, is for for students, for, for peer leaders to keep an open mind. Because a lot of times, you know, people these come in with a list of colleges based on where their friends have gone now that may be a good fit for that person it may not be a good fit for you so the key is keep an open mind and we're not saying scrap what you have but look at other options as ball pointed out you
1: gotta have options it's like tennis shoes i mean you might wear the same <laughs> shoes every day but if you go going to church you're gonna put on them church shoes so you gotta have options we appreciate that thanks for sharing gentlemen
0: Hey, that's real, man. Having options. And so actually thinking about having options and things like that, Bill Crick uh, and Kevin, could you all tell us, considering the timeline and like some students that you work with and their characteristics, uh, how should underclassmen prepare their college list right now? What are some aspects that you consider when
5: searching for the ideal college? So Kevin had Kevin had mentioned fit, and several of us have mentioned fit, which I, is is critical for me. I break down that fit into three categories. Academic fit is well, there are two components to that. Um, based on average SAT scores, average GPAs of of admitted students, do you have a high probability of being admitted to the college? And um. Also, part of Academic Fit. If you've decided on a major, is that major available there and is that major a strength of the college? You also, as we have talked about, financial fit. Is it affordable for your family and what are the financial aid resources of that college? And the other one is social fit. Is this a place not just that I can survive for four years, but, but that I can, for, that where I'll thrive for four years? And there, there, there are a number of online tools that, that, that um, you can use for things to, to know about admitted students and financial aid. The College Board, My Big Future uh, website has, has those figures on it. And, there, and then there are also sites that give you some insight into the college's culture, um, collegeexpress.com is one of those where where you can learn more about the social fit.
6: I want to agree with Bill, you know, because one of the things that Bill said is this um, financial piece that's really critical. Earlier, um, Victoria made a very important point when she was talking about Princeton, and one of the things that she said is that they met 100% of her financial need. Now, that's great. Now, just make be careful that that making up that financially does not include a lot of loans. Is there a lot of grants and stuff available? Great.
0: Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Bill. Great information. Uh, great tab is that you all have uh, talked about thus far. Um, and so, thinking about the fit, right, and finding the right fit for you and things of that nature. For our underclassmen out there listening, uh, what type of advice um, would you all, you know, best practices that you will offer? Uh, to applicants or students who are applying. And you can, and, and don't feel afraid to share about your college experiences as well.
5: Like how did you get to your college of your choice and things of that nature? So I can, I can let me talk about mine very briefly and, and to that point, Cornelius. Um, so similar to Tim, I had great support in the college um, search process, both from my family and both my parents went to college. I had an older brother and sister who went to college, and from my high school where it was there was very much a college-going culture. So it wasn't really an, a question of whether I was going, but as where I was going. So I prepared during my sophomore and junior year through college tours and things like that. And I decided um, to apply early decision to a small liberal arts college in Ohio decided that's where I wanted to go, applied, but found out in November that I did not get in. So I really had to reset my college application uh, or college search process. And in that process, decided that my number one choice was uh, William & Mary, which is a public university in Virginia. Applied there along with a couple of other colleges and then found out in April that I'd been put on the waiting list there and at the same time, and had gotten into the college in Ohio that i been not gotten into early decision. But then I got in off the waiting list of William & Mary in May. That's where I enrolled. That's where I ended up earning two degrees. So the long point of that, of that very long story, sorry about that, was that this is really a journey um, that you need to plan for. But also understand that it's certainly in my case, there were there were detours to that journey and a different a destination, different to the, than the one I planned. So to to be prepared for all that and, and I think to start that journey early and just be prepared for the detours that may happen.
1: Thanks for sharing. Hey Bill, that's a great story. Bill, you know who 2 Chains is? I don't know, two chains. <laughs> two chains is a rapper, right? And they call him two chains because he wears two chains. And you, my friend, even though all those obstacles got in your way, you went to a college and was able to get two degrees. So, all my <laughs> listeners out there, I need y'all to hold your twos up right now. <laughs> because even though you may not know which way your journey's headed, you can come out on the other end with two degrees. So, Bill, your new name's two degrees. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Dr. Nyker, anything else you'd like to add before we go into our final question?
6: Yes. Um, I, I Mine is, is kind of different, you know, and, and unique because I grew up in a segregated society. Um, there was no college-going culture. Um, in, in fact, the only advice that was given to me growing up is get a job and stay out of jail. That's it. You know, I was the first in my family to graduate from high school, so needless to talk about college. But the key is, you know, because of those limited resources, I never gave up and never mm-hmm. gave up. Even my um, high school counselors never believed in me, but still I basically had that grit and, and, and resilience to, to go forward. Strong,
1: strong emphasis there. I, I mean, Dr. Nyka, we see those trends all across the nation, whether they students be from D.C., Florida, New York, Dallas, you know, sometimes that environment looks different. You know, sometimes... There's only two options or two routes for you to go, but staying resilient, like you said, and seeing a way out of your current environment is always the best way to look at it.
5: Yeah, can I can I, can I have one more thing? Yeah, come on, Bill, give me that just, heat. Just two one to- more piece of advice. You're not going to do this with every college that you apply to, but I would really encourage our students and peer leaders to establish some contact with the admissions offices of the schools that they're most interested in. And that can be as simple as an email saying, here's my name, here's my high school, this is why I'd really be interested in coming to your college. Because admissions people really love getting to know the people behind the applications. And I think that can make a huge difference in the outcome of the admissions process and sometimes in the outcome of the financial aid process.
1: Spot on. Thank you for these caveats. Uh, for both of you gentlemen, in your role as director of college coaching, what are some of the common themes or characteristics you've observed from strong applicants? Now, when you have these one-on-one sessions at our summer workshop, what trends uh, or characteristics do
6: strong college applicants uh, mostly portray? Yeah, I'll start with that. So, so um, Tim, I've got um, three, basically. The first one is that I, uh, ign- I saw from strong applicants is that they know themselves. They know their strengths and they know some of the areas that they need to improve on, some of the challenges, and they are willing to work on that. The second thing is that they have grit, G-R-I-T, meaning they are willing to pursue their passion, even though it is difficult, even there's there's obstacles they are willing to pursue in that. The third thing that I've seen with, with strong applicants, and this is more and more we see colleges looking at this, and this is their brand. What do I mean by brand? Every, we know Nike has a brand, just do it. More and more individuals are looking at your own personal brand. Your own personal brand is, if you have two circles, so one is basically how you see yourself. And the second circle is how other people see yourself. And the interface between how you see yourself and how other people see yourself, that's your brand. Try building your brand. And if you build your brand, believe in your brand. So
5: totally agree with that, Kevin. Um, And just to add to that a little bit, Tim, I think one, the, the successful applicants are strong students. And, and we know that in Peer Forward, our peer leaders are coming to us with a wide range of, of GPAs. So so strong student doesn't necessarily, is not limited to a 4.0 GPA, but it is, in most instances, someone whose GPA is, is at least on an upward trend. As you look from 9th to 10th, 11th and 12th grade, that GPA is moving upward. The other part of that is strength of, of, of curriculum that students have taken on, been willing to take on some academic challenge. And it doesn't mean that every class has to be an honors class, every class has to be an AP AP or IB, but they've taken advantage of some of the academic rigor that their school offers. And also to the point of Kevin makes about knowing themselves and their brand, I think that's an awesome point because the other peer leaders that have most impressed me are the ones that have some really significant involvement outside the classroom, and, and, and it's not the quantity that I have involvement, but it's the quality. And, and it, it, it can be in athletics, it can be in drama, the school newspaper, community service. Um, but you know, when I think of one, one of the really most impressive about the many impressive peer leaders I met, it was a, a, a young woman who went to high school in a college town. Her transcript was ordinary at best. But she was very passionate about issues connected to social justice and economic justice and equity. And as part of that, got involved with a student group at the university and lobbied on behalf of improved wages and working mm-hmm. conditions for the service workers on campus. So she had, she knew her passion and acted on her passion.
0: That's, That's nice. real. That's real. That's real. And you said some great stuff, man. Grit and personal brand, we're gonna call that Grit and Drip. Oh, Grit Grit and and Drip. You got to have your personal drip, man. Your colleges, they have, you have to stand out, whether it's your personal statement or when you're actually emailing them. But you want to make sure they remember y'all. For a lot of y'all at the college fairs that's upcoming next year and the virtual ones, you got to think about what helps you stand apart from the rest of these students. Right. And so with that said, for our last question on our Q&A for our experts, you know, with this whole global pandemic that we're going through, do you think the college landscape, uh, i.e. application process, on-site admissions, even the online learning that we're experiencing right now. Do you think that will change in any way? Um, if so, just give us a, one quick tip on how.
5: So I think the most immediate um, <coughs> impact of this we, is that a number of colleges, and I, I'm, I suggest more will follow suit, are, are going to be test optional next year because of the fact that the ACT tests ACT and SAT have canceled their spring spring testing. So, for instance, the whole University of California system will not require SAT or ACT testing for, for next year. So that's, that's the most immediate impact.
6: One of the things I want to agree with, Bill, and I think what is not clear yet is how this will change the admission field. And I hope it does change the admission field for good. You know, because what is happening, we've been so based on our system of what I call a testocracy. We focus on testing and grades. Maybe we need to look at some other things. And maybe this, I hope that this issue will start changing colleges and looking at stuff other than test scores and grades. Maybe much broader. The, the one last thing I'll leave you with is that um, this is a
5: time of year that most colleges uh, sponsor admitted students weekend. So they invite students who have earned acceptances to, to the campus to, 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 to learn more about the college and and to see the campus in person. Obviously, those are not. Those are not able to be held this spring, I don't think, anywhere. So colleges are are holding many of those events virtually now. And I think if colleges increase their capacity, while you can't replicate, I don't think, the experience of an on-campus visit, if they can replicate that or increase their capacity for doing that virtually, I think that'll be a real help for, for students and families that don't have the resources or the time to make a lot of in-person campus visits. So, so maybe something positive will, will, will come out of this.
1: I agree. Awesome, awesome. From grit and drip to testocracy, we'd like to give another round of applause to Dr. Niker and Bill Craig for joining us for the perfect play. Give them up. <laughs> perfect play. We really appreciate your insight We're going to segue into one of our summarizing points of the episode where we talk about our colas. Now, colas is not a soda, but it's an acronym for Connections, Observations, Learnings, and Acknowledgements. So if there's any colas from any of our listeners or guests that would like to share, uh, now will be the perfect time. And I'll model it a bit for you. Uh, but just one learning today uh, from Bill Craig and Dr. Niker was one. Bill said that you're not only looking for a place where you can survive, but you're looking at a college where you can thrive at for the next three years. So that really stood out to me. And for Dr. Niker, of the three goods, you know, making sure it fits, making sure it's financially sound, and and it's the perfect place for you and your and your environment. So those were two good learnings that really stood out to me. And now check our chat if we have any other colas, but any other speakers like to share a cola? Oh yeah, sure, See,
0: so, so as the host today, man, it was a great information to get you all on the phone, um, but you made a great point. It's from a man, Mike, um, on taking your passion and allowing that to be highlighted on your college application. Uh, it's really tough, it's a real skill to actually make yourself what I like to call, what we call that peer forward is a show don't tell, right? So how do you show your true self, uh, but not only just tell it. And so make yourself jump off that page, whether it's on a application or personal statement. So that was the connection I made today to kind of the work we do. Nice.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I really like to acknowledge um, for something that you said about the is because I know that that's been such a huge thing for me is thinking that my biggest barrier was my test scores um, when in actuality, like I could get through with everything. And so I, I'd like to acknowledge what you said of just thinking of this moment, not only as something that we're going through, but an opportunity for us to change in the future for hopefully for you know, colleges, universities, Um, and other organizations that rely on testing to to start to deprioritize that because it doesn't make the whole person.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thanks for sharing your colas. We're gonna segue into the final portion of The Perfect Play And have our closing remarks led by our marketing representative Victoria.
2: Thank you, Tim. So I just wanted to close by saying that if you really enjoyed today's conversation, you felt like you learned something, you connected with something, uh, feel free to share it with more of your friends, your classmates, your family members. Um, And of course, if you have any questions or if there's a certain topic that you want to hear more about from us, Please feel free to get in touch with us through our DMs, comment on our Facebook posts, our Instagram posts, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Peer Forward, um, and stay tuned for more. We'll be coming out with these weekly, so um, if there are any topics that you really want us to cover, just let us know.
0: Shaq, thank you, Mark, and thank you to our expert uh, panelists today, our special guests. Thank you to all of my coaches. Shouts out to the law, my co-host. Already. All day, man. Shouts out to all our listeners out there who've been giving us feedback um, and commenting on the post. But we just wanted to thank you all for this week and the third episode of The Perfect Play. Please share it with your peers, your parents, all listeners, because we know that knowledge is power. Um, check out our assets page on peerport.org. All educators and peer leaders out there, you have a special code where we have a resource to help you do virtual tools on college campuses right now. So if you have any questions about that, just leave a comment in the uh, comment section below. We'll be sure to get that info to you. If I haven't, or if your coach hasn't done that already, but looking forward to next week, our next episode, we want to tap back into our peer leaders and hear from you all. So if you have any questions, any uh, Thing that you're experiencing right now, please let us know because on episode four we will have our very first female host, AJ. Woo, woo. She's gonna be hey. tapping into. She's gonna be tapping into how to learn the top five things to know about the tips and tricks to online learning. And so we're in a new age right now. And so just want to shout out to everyone out there. Be safe. Remember the two M's movement. And what was it, Victoria? Mindfulness. And mindfulness. So movement and mindfulness. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to The Perfect
2: Play. Play, play, play.